Hey, everyone listening in right now, stay tuned because thanks to Creed, we got a very special treat for y'all. Uh, we're the cast of The Water Break. We go on Saturdays at noon here on 88.9 The Bridge, and in the studio with us is a Seattle Seahawks legend, the first player to take a snap ever for the franchise, an eight-year starting quarterback, Jim Zorn. Mr. Zorn, do you want to introduce yourself or say hi? Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm glad to be here with you guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's and, my pleasure. Yeah, and I'm glad you're uh, working this class, but I'm glad you have your own little radio show, too. Water Break, huh? Yep. Yeah. Right on. All right. There were, right. there were other names in the mix. Yeah, Will. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Will Show, the Will Show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Will you listen to the Will Show? Yeah. Okay, okay, so our first question that we wanted to ask you, it was, what was your inspiration to start playing football? And how did you get started? Yeah, good question. I always had grown up playing in the street, so I never played organized football. So uh, we just had two lampposts. And that was our football field right in the middle of the street. And we played uh, with just neighborhood kids. And then uh, when I was a freshman in high school, uh, at the high school I went to, you had to have your hair in a butch. You had, to, you had your hair shaved to play sports. And I kind of felt like, you know, I'm not going to do that. I, I felt like I was looking pretty good, you know, <laughs> with my hair. Uh, and... Uh, guy asked me to go out for cross country. Mm -hmm. So I shaved my head and went out for cross country and I was not very fast. Nike hadn't even been invented yet, right? Oh, wow. And so we we ran in really poor shoes and uh, always had shin splints. The My uh, sophomore year, so uh, I was 15 years old. So you're ahead of us right now. Right. Yeah. I went out for football for the very first time. And didn't quite know all of the ins and outs of football mm -hmm. because we'd only played in the street with, you know, five or ten guys. And I was going to be a wide receiver and DB. And the head coach had seen me throw a football and didn't have a QB and said, would you be the quarterback of the team until we get one down from varsity? And I said, well, sure. And I loved it. And I'll tell you why. Because I got to touch the ball every single play. <laughs> and also the decisions that I made were going to impact the outcome of the game. Yeah. And so uh, I, I, my, I learned a lot about the game that first year and then my junior year and my senior year and then uh, you know went on from there and I continued to grow in the game. Yeah, wow, that's really interesting. It's amazing you picked up the sport so quickly and then you were able to make it to a professional level so quickly too. Yeah, football is hard. I mean, I've played it. It took me a long time to pick it up when I was first starting. I still don't think I've picked it up the whole time. Um, it, do, why do you think, well, I'm gonna ask this question, but why do you think that is? Do you think it's because you are waiting for information from the coach or do you feel like it's so hard you can't make your body do it or uh, do you see that this it's a it is a gradual it is a gradual increase and uh, you do get out of it what you put into it yeah um, that's correct but I I do think there's a lot of young players who w won't ask questions because they don't really know what to ask I mean what question do you really ask the coach when you're looking for information uh, you don't know what to ask and I always feel like players wait for the information the coach is going to offer to them because that's what they really need to know. There's a lot more to it than that, but 
Um, there's a little bit of a disconnect, I think, in that, uh, in the game itself. Uh, so I get to teach young, younger players, and when I teach them, I will teach them exactly what I, how I would teach an older player, a, a person in the NFL, because uh, it's some of it's just information you just put in your pocket. You yeah. don't really have to use it, but you feel like you're more confident uh, when you start learning the game in different ways. And then you know what to do in different circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. And then just quick question. Did you have field goals when you played in the streets? Did no. You, no? Oh. no? No field goals. Fine. Uh, <laughs> no kicks. We just scored, and we either said, okay, it was six points or seven points. We, we would yeah. always just kind of give the extra point and say, okay, seven nothing. Yeah. All right, it's 14-7, uh, assuming that our kicker was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. Our, our imaginary kicker was Wait, good. So then you never got to fake field goals like you did when you were with the Seahawks. Well, I when I got when I started playing, I was the I kicked off in high school and I kicked off in college. And, That's cool. Yeah, and then I um, uh, I punted a little bit, but I wasn't a very good punter. But I was a pretty good kicker. I was a straight on kicker. We didn't have soccer in our high school. Can you believe that? When I was <laughs> oh, in high wow. school, no soccer, and it was coming in when I was leaving. Yeah, and then. Um, when I got to the NFL, uh, I went to the Dallas Cowboys, my very first team, and there was a coach there, a longtime coach. His name was Dan Reeves, and he was the running back coach, but he also taught me the art of holding field goals, extra points. And uh, I, that's how I became a holder in the NFL, and I held for every year I played. 11 years, yeah. I was I was the holder for the team I played on. So all those highlight reel fake field goals that you would run, we all owe that to a coach on the Cowboys? Well, no, we owe that. Uh, well, he taught me how to hold, but we really owe that to Jack Patera, ah. who was the very first head coach here in Seattle. Yeah. And he knew that we were going to have to do something a little different to win mm -hmm. because we didn't necessarily have the strength of team that uh, – veteran teams had yeah so we he devised a fake field goal for every single game <laughs> i ever played in here wow but uh we and we used a lot of them but we didn't use you know obviously we didn't have a we didn't fake a field goal every single game yeah, yeah. Uh, the situation had to had to demand it and uh and he had to be willing to call it and he did yeah. he called a bunch of them yeah he did that's that's really cool yeah mm -hmm. There's uh, there's highlight reels of you like all over the internet, all over like sports throwback TV shows. They've all got at least one fake field goal from you, right? Yeah, uh, I don't watch those uh, often, uh, but there's a there's a big reel of fake field goals. Uh, one of our coaches has the whole reel, and I've oh, never wow. been able to get it to uh, copy it and put it on a DVD and and uh, send it around. I think the league obviously has it, but not cut up to where you could see one right after another yeah you have to watch the games mm -hmm. uh yeah so anyway all those individual games you probably played a lot of them right did you ever have like a favorite um there were a lot of games that were compelling uh that i would say uh i remember either uh big bigger portions of or even just certain plays uh i i got injured in my second year uh, I had a knee injury. I tackled a guy. I threw an interception, and I was so mad. I was going to make him pay for it, and I made him pay, but I pulled him down on my knee, and uh, I kind of swung around and injured my knee. So I was out for a few weeks, 
And then I got back, and the very first game I got back, we were playing the Buffalo Bills in mm-hmm. the Kingdome when the Kingdome was here. Yep. Yeah. And O.J. Simpson, who's kind of a famous yeah. running back, the Juice. He Juice was playing on that team. It was one of his last hurrahs. He was in the twilight of his career, but uh, that was my first game back, and uh, I scrambled for a bunch of yards and I threw four touchdowns in that game. Oh, wow. That's and I threw a, a one of the better passes I've ever thrown on a on a uh, uh it was a design scramble play where I dropped back, I scrambled to my right, pumped Steve Largent and there was an all-pro corner out there. His name was Louie Wright and he bit and Steve beat him over the top and I threw it and I thought I threw it too far but I I threw it Hit pretty it pretty well, yeah. yeah. And uh Anyway, you can you probably see that game on a highlight or yeah. that highlight play, um, and it was in a two minute drill to win the game yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So it was fun. Uh, we we uh, we we got after him pretty good. Wow, that sounds like it would have been a great game. Yeah. And then yeah. I have a question. So I was reading online. You had seventeen rushing touchdowns. I did. Well, good. Do you remember N- most of them? No, but I will tell you that most of them were scrambles. Uh, I remember, I think the longest uh, was a 41, 41, 40 yards or something like that, a scramble play where I, I ran 40 yards for a touchdown. And that's kind of unheard of when yeah. it comes to be uh, being a quarterback. Yeah. But we used to run quarterback draws with me. And mm-hmm. then anytime I was under duress, I just had this uh, sort of sense of uh, – when I when I was feeling pressure, I could scramble and make something happen. You know, we see Russell Wilson do that every week. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, so that's kind of what I did. And and when I scrambled up the field, I was ready to do battle. I mean, I sort of had these crazy legs, and mm-hmm. I'd scramble. And if a guy, I I didn't slide much, yeah. right? Uh, but I would bang. I would try to bang into guys, and uh, I paid for it a couple times. But yeah. most of the time. Um, they couldn't believe I was trying to, I was trying to challenge them. Yeah. I'd be uh, even crazier in today's NFL but yeah, with all yeah. the quarterback protection laws and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like Marcus Mariota, few plays hitting yeah. people and getting into the touchdown zone, it actually helps sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think all those touchdowns. So uh, uh, it's, it's a good feeling. Uh, but I was never uh, a guy that would spike the ball or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, I just kind of yeah. toss ball. Uh, I could, sort of would fake spike. The ball, uh, which was Denver, kind of my know? my deal, yeah, fake spike it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I don't remember all the touchdowns, mm-hmm. uh, but every one of them, you know, obviously felt pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Will has a question for you. Uh, Will's Canadian, so yeah. So since I'm Canadian, you've been playing the CFL and the NFL. Is that correct? I, I have. I played ten games. In the CFL, I went up there uh, to help the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers because they were having quarterback troubles up there. Oh, and what would like from the locker room perspective, what would be the differences between the like locker rooms, the team come like skill level there, anything like that? Well, uh, the Canadian League is a great it's a great league. Uh, I do remember um, I signed I signed a contract, and the very first day. They said, hey, go ahead, you're up, take a snap. You know, this is at practice. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, what's the snap count? Uh, so I learned the snap count on the go. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
all of a sudden I started the cadence and five guys were moving forward towards the line of scrimmage. And so I, I just sort of stopped the play. I, I went, you know, illegal procedure. And, and I thought, wait a minute, no, it's Canada. Everybody can go in motion, right? Yeah. And then there was 12 guys. I mean, they were all over the place. So it took me a while to orient myself in that game. Uh, so there's some really good things. And there's only three downs. Mm -hmm. So first down is really second down. Right. And second yeah. down, you got to get a first or you're punting. Yeah. And so um, and the field's wider and longer and, and stuff like that. So there's a bunch of uh, kind of structural differences. And I would say the athletes, uh, they're the same in that the athletes are straining to win. Right. Yeah. Because the game's all about winning and finishing drives and and uh, things like that. But in the NFL, um, there's probably. Uh, bigger, stronger, faster uh, athletes at, at certain positions, right? Yeah. And yeah. probably more uh, further down the line in what we can, you know, what they can accomplish because of the electronics now, um, because of the intricacies, the, the strategies. Whereas in the, in the CFL, is there strategy? Absolutely. But you got to do it, you know, uh, you, you don't have a, Say a, a a third and a third and medium, uh, yeah. second and seven to ten. You you don't have some of the situations that actually happen in the NFL. Uh, the NFL Super Bowl is much like the Grey Cup. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to come out to it. There's just more rabid fans probably down here. Oh, yeah. uh, more of them. There are rabid fans in Canada, but there's more of them. So, uh, have you been? Will have you been to a CFL game? I haven't, but I've watched quite a few, mostly BC Lions games on television. Yeah, no, they're they're a good team, and they've got a great arena to play, a great stadium to play in as well. Um, so I hope you get up there and have the chance to do that. So, just quick question: Did you ever try any fake uh, field goals in Canada? I never did. Aww. No, never. I wasn't there really long enough. Yeah. For them to uh, kind of uh, make that into something that was viable. Yeah. Uh, and I only played there th those 10 weeks, and then I was done, and I came back into the NFL. So when you came back from the Canadian League into the NFL, you played one game uh, for the Buccaneers, correct? I did. Mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of a whirlwind week. I was there one week, and it was because there was an NFL strike going on. Mm -hmm. So they were playing games, but they were using replacement players. Yeah. And Seattle wanted me to play for them, but I thought, you know, I, I don't want to – I don't want to – kind of come into Seattle and have everybody, you know, half the people complaining, half the people excited or whatever. So I went as far away as I possibly could and went to Tampa. And I got there on a Wednesday. I started the game on Sunday. I threw two touchdowns. This is what I remember about it. I threw two touchdowns. We were playing the Minnesota Vikings, your favorite team, Craig. Yeah. And uh, we beat them. I, I should have thrown four touchdowns, but we dropped a couple. I got the game ball. Oh, wow. Uh, and, you know, we played them on that Sunday. And then I got cut on Monday because the strike was over. <laughs> and they wanted to keep their backup QB uh, for the rest of the season. So they let me go, and I never could find another team to add me to their roster, partly because of the strike. And then mm -hmm. in 1988, I didn't get on a team and I was pretty much retired at that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just said, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go in a different direction. Forced retirement? Well, 
Yeah, and and I had a a severe ankle injury that was that was waning uh, on me. I mean, it was wa- it was weighting me down a little bit uh, in my scramble ability. Uh, it slowed me slowed me a bit, and uh, it was making my football career end sooner than I really wanted it yeah. to. And that was when Tampa Bay was in the NFC Central, right? Where there were five teams. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Uh, you know what's kind of ironic about that is, so you said you wanted to get as far away f- from Seattle as possible, correct? Yep. Uh, Tampa was, uh, they actually got something in common with Seattle. They were both added as expansion franchises the same year. Yep. You ever think about that? Uh, yeah. In fact, that was kind of one of the things that uh, we always, you know, we were going to play them uh, home and away our first two years of the Seattle Seahawks history. So in the first year, we went to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we beat them 13 to 10. And I remember, you know, it, this was a, a really a grind a game because they hadn't won anything. And they were 0-4, I think, for two complete seasons. They didn't wow. win a game. And we were on the other side of that where we, we had won. Uh, we really were 12-2. Uh, uh, and two. Uh, <laughs> We only won two games. But we beat them, and we beat the Atlanta Falcons our first season, and then we started winning more. And then by 1978, we were nine and seven. 1979, we were nine. We had winning seasons, mm-hmm. uh, so we actually accelerated much quicker than they than their franchise did. Well, that's pretty impressive that you were able to take you know a franchise that was built from the ground up and turn it into a you know winning seasons. You know, it was fun, and you know I, uh, I just there was a lot of people involved. Uh, with uh, a team and with the Seattle Seahawks, you know, Jack Patera was the head coach, but we had a great staff and um, we had a good nucleus of guys, but there were guys coming and leaving those first couple of years because you're trying to, you're trying to get better players. Every, every move you make, you try to increase your talent on the football team. There would be guys that would come in and play on Sunday, and I'd say, hey, number 44, over here. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't even know their name really yeah. yet. Uh, so we had a little bit of that as a startup cost, yeah. but the nucleus of the guys, we came together fairly quickly. Mm, that's, that's great. Yeah. Well, I think that's about all we have for today. Thank you so much for coming in with us. Man, you got a great program. It was great to have a water break with you. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. you. All right. This was an interview with Jim Zorn on 88.9 The Bridge. Thanks for listening.